Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, brought to you by the Sportsman Channel. All hunting, all fishing, all the time. Contact your local network provider and ask about the Sportsman Channel today. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, Christian Berg. Welcome to another episode of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. I'm editor Christian Berg. And uh, as always, we're glad that you've taken some time today to join us for uh, some news and information about the great sport of bow hunting. Today, I'm actually recording an episode live on location in uh, Illinois. It is November the 4th, and I am uh, actually on a whitetail hunt here at River Bottom Bucks in Coles County, Illinois, which is uh, in eastern Illinois, maybe a little bit uh, less well-known than the uh, the Golden Triangle area out in western Illinois, your Pike, Adams, uh, Brown County. But uh, based on what I've seen the last few days in a tree stand, uh, eastern Illinois is every bit the deer hunting mecca that... Uh, Western Illinois is, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, today I've got Corey Benj and Bob Blair as my guests. Corey is um, an outdoor writer, uh, an accomplished big game hunter, and uh, pro staffer for Boning, uh, G5, and uh, some other good companies in the outdoor industry. And Bob is the owner of uh, River Bottom Bucks, where we're hunting. Corey, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, this property, you know, I had met you about a year ago, I guess, when you, you actually sold an article to us at the magazine about a doll sheep hunt that you did up in Alaska, and you're living out in Montana now and chasing mule deer and elk and all that good western stuff, but you grew up right here in Illinois and sort of a whitetail hunter born and bred, right? Well, that's right, Christian. I uh, I started hunting this property when I was about 14 years old, and... and uh, Bob's son Scott and I played football together, and we uh, kind of became quickly uh, kind of surrogate brothers, you should say, or I could say. And uh, I always enjoyed big game hunting. Uh, my dad was a hunter and kind of uh, bought me a bow when I was about seven years old, started shooting then, and was really hooked on archery. Um, first time I ever came here, it was like a, uh, to me, it was wilderness. Um, I really fell in love with it. And, um, throughout throughout my high school and college, and even thereafter, I've always hunted here every year. This is like my second home, and so uh, so you're on your annual two week pilgrimage, right? My my two week pilgrimage here to Illinois, um, and uh, of course, my parents still live here. And I I uh, the last my son's four and a half, so I bring him here every Christmas or every November um, uh, to visit Grandma and Grandpa, and I get to do a little bow hunting on a, a great farm like this. And you've been pretty successful here over the years. Uh, tell me about a few of the bucks that you've killed, uh, just that you can recall. Oh well, I'll tell you. We've we've. It's just a good farm. Uh, we started hunting this. Vehicle. I learned. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I think I'm fairly knowledgeable on whitetail hunting, and it's all trial and error, you know. Um, and I've I've been real fortunate to take some good bucks, you know. Um, and. Uh, it's just you never know what's going to walk by. There could be a you know 110 inch, and it just as easily could be a 180 inch deer walk by. So uh, yeah, it's been some great great days of field and some high quality bucks. As you can see, these three bucks here on the wall. It's pretty typical of the trophies that will pass through this farm. Yeah, and for the folks who are listening who can't see it, I think that the three bucks here in the bunkhouse are anywhere from gross scores of like one. 40 to 180-ish, 
yeah. range in, in gross scores. So definitely some big bucks. And I've seen some a couple that have made my knees knock in the last <laughs> few days. And, man, I really wish I would have gotten a shot. It hasn't happened yet. I've got a day and a half left to hunt. But let's bring Bob in because um, – Tell us a little bit about the property here, Bob. You've got about 300 acres here at your farm, right? And yep. um, how long have you owned this property? And have you always managed it for deer? Uh, or what's the story of the, the River Bottom Bucks uh, facility here? Well, we uh, bought it. First, we just got the 20 acres where the home site is. And then little by little, I kept buying everything that I could that was touching it until I ended up very fortunate to to get 300 acres in one big tract and it has the the Ambra River uh, it borders that on one side and we have almost a mile of the little Ambra River on both banks and other small creeks like Jake's Branch and the terrain is just tremendous for, for around this part of the country and we've got uh, every kind of habitat from upland hardwoods to bottomland hardwoods and uh, bottomland open fields and upland fields and uh, transition areas plus the, the mature timber. Right. And now you had told me the other day you first, I think you bought that first 20 acres like back in the early to mid-70s. And uh, so how long did it take you how, what, to accumulate the whole 300 acres? Well, uh, the last part of it, I bought the last 12 acres that uh, made that was an inholding about 12 years ago. Gotcha. So it was over, you know, close to maybe 25, 30 years of putting that land together. And obviously over that time, you've become pretty intimate with this land and you have an interesting background too bob because you are a, a forester by profession and uh you spent quite a number of years as a with the, with the state uh forestry department right yeah the dnr i was a district forester for them for uh 32 years and uh, i came to charleston and uh lived in town for a while and then i got a chance to buy this 20 and uh, I was buying this rough land when everybody thought it was a joke, and I was very fortunate to buy a lot of it really cheap. <laughs> and, uh, and wouldn't we all like to go back in time and get some yeah, prime have, Illinois whitetail land, you know, $500 an acre? <laughs> I'd own a lot more of it if I go through again. <laughs> so, so, you know, just briefly on your forestry background, what exactly, you said you were a district forester for probably 20-some years, uh, what exactly did that job entail, and what were you doing uh, from a habitat management standpoint there professionally? Well, I graduated from uh, Southern Illinois University with a Bachelor of Science in Forestry, and I took the job as a district forester in Charleston and moved right up. Uh, it was an eight-county district. When I first started, I had 15 counties, and then they split the district, and I ended up with eight counties. And... Uh, it is just pure forestry. You're a consultant for the private landowners. And about anything they need in forestry, you're there to advise them. And we marked timber sales, made management plans, tree planting plans, 
and then I was over government programs that were cost share programs to help people do good conservation practices. And so you actually uh, have been advising people for a a long, long time on how to basically uh, take care of their yeah, properties a in a sustainable way. And uh, I retired about 12 years ago, and since then, now I'm just a private consultant, and I do all the same things I did uh, with the state of Illinois, except I'm, I'm a private consultant. Sure. And when did you really get serious about managing your own property here for Whitetails? Because I know for many years you actually grew Christmas trees here. So when did the Christmas trees go away and the, and the well, deer growing begin? I've, I always loved deer hunting. And, and before they had deer here in this part of the country, I would go clear down to southern Illinois every year and hunt down there during shotgun season with a group of local people. And uh, I just loved it. And I can remember how exciting I, how excited I got back in the 70s when I f- saw a deer track down in Hutton Township because there just wasn't very many deer here. Mm. And uh, since then, I've just watched it bloom. And we've got such fertile soils, and the, the conditions are just right, and the genetics of these deer are just right. And uh, we have deer that are world-class. White tail. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the the management program here that you've put in place, and uh, how how many years you've been doing it, and what you're trying to accomplish in terms of uh, offering a quality uh, habitat for the deer and a quality hunting experience for your clients. Well, I've always liked uh, deer hunting, and and I spent a lot of time in Southern Illinois doing it, and uh, I enjoyed scouting and seeing where they were, what they were doing, and. Uh, back then, we shot about any deer we could find. You know, it wasn't we didn't uh, do the quality, mature deer yeah, quality yeah. deer management, the, and uh, we we just felt fortunate if we could kill any deer, and uh, we had a lot of fun at that. But uh, through time, uh, the deer started getting big, and the quality of the deer in this part of the country uh, got better and better. And Clark County, just to the south of here. Uh, it was on the computer where the big deer were being taken, and the people come started coming here from Texas and New York and Pennsylvania and all over to get to this part of the country because of the quality deer we have here. And I got so busy in the Christmas trees that I didn't have time to hunt. And we, we had retail uh, sales for 29 years. And, and uh, at one time I had 80,000 Christmas trees growing at one time. And I just didn't have time to hunt. And I, I let my friends and family hunt here. And a lot of really good deer were taken down through time. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, after I retired and I started getting the time to hunt, and we went out of the Christmas tree business. Mm-hmm. And uh, that gave me time to do it. So that's when you started putting in food plots and things like that. Yeah, and I was... Uh, advising people how to do these things and a lot of the people that wanted management plans uh, were really interested in white-tailed deer and so uh, I started specializing in what they needed mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the mass producing trees and uh, the transitional uh, vegetation and actual food plots and all the components that go into food plots mm-hmm. and yeah. Now, Corey, what kind of changes have you seen here? 
as Bob has started to take his focus away from the, you know, putting dollars in his pocket with selling Christmas trees, obviously, and, and maximizing the property for Christmas tree production as opposed to now with his focus being on deer production. Well, I've, I've seen great changes. You know, I started hunting this property, like I said, I think I was 13 or 14 the very first time I hunted out here. And since that, you know, uh, over 25 years later, uh, you know, it's it was always good then and it continually got better as uh, some of these bottom fields that once were farmed uh started to grow up uh they were bedding areas and i can remember I, we just had the conversation today i was uh, what kind of trees are those down there in the vietnam we call the vietnam field bob that were right along the river there that we now have well, there's a lot of soft maple and green ash and just some uh bur oak and walnut right so we were down i can remember those trees i were just couldn't wait i remember i'd be hunting down there saying to myself i can't wait till those trees get bigger so i can hang a tree stand in them one day and now we've got tree stands down in those fields but um you know i used to come out and work for bob in the christmas tree season and um i was always late to work and i was always early to leave but uh, that simply <laughs> wasn't because i was the last one to get here i was usually here early and i was hunting and come out about nine or ten in the morning and then i'd go to work and then i would sneak away and do a little more bow hunting um you know and uh what i've seen is uh, you know bob let me know here a few years back that he thought he'd start start outfitting and had the property and um i wrote an article on it and uh was a little a little disappointed in it at first, um, I thought I'd I thought I'd lost my uh, my honey hole, so to speak. You know, <laughs> uh, paradise it was to me. And I was like, you know, and I pretty much hunted it a lot, and there wasn't a, hardly much pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as Bob and I talked, and uh, you know, I realized that you know, actually, is going to make it better. Um, there is less pressure, off season pressure, off season hunting uh, pressure. Um, he's got food plots in now. Um, the deer are actually managed. Um, you know, Bob, you know, he, he likes to hunt a little bit. And he, whenever he doesn't have clients, he might go out and sit in a tree stand here or there. And, you know, he's, uh, he's not shooting small deer. He'd rather just watch them and see what's going on. And I've seen the quality of deer, the number of deer, and just the overall habitat has increased greatly yeah. since I first started hunting here. Yeah, the food plots that I've seen this week, even with a dry year, you know, Bob's been complaining, obviously, or apologizing, I think, mm-hmm. because he doesn't think maybe that they look as good as he wants them to look, but sure. they really look good out there. Um, you know, you've got everything that I can think of from oats and chicory and alfalfa and clover. You've got some standing corn. You've got some soybeans. You've got a variety of, of different mixes from the Whitetail Institute, like no plow and, uh, you know, you said something about sweets and beets and things like this how many acres all told of actual you know food plot type plantings did you or do you put in i don't know how many acres a lot of them are just small uh quarter acres and eighth acres and some of them are two and three acres and i've got over 30 food plots I, i counted yeah, and it's really neat, you know, for, for folks who are kind of thinking about the layout. You know, with that river bottom habitat that you have, some of the, 
you know, the strips of food and the small plots that you have in that fertile ground down along the river and just the way that it, it, it intermingles in between the travel corridor along the river and some of the thicker bedding areas that are down there. And then on some of your higher ground where you've got, you know, some big agricultural fields on some neighboring properties. And then, you know, obviously those crops are in now, but you've got some other fields, you know, on your property with, with food plots in. And now to see the deer, you know, sucking in off of those neighboring properties now that the harvest is over and you've got a lot of food here, uh, it really has uh, provided for some quality hunting. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that that's, that's the goal. And what you're trying to accomplish is to make this a year-round destination for the local whitetail herd. That's right. I want to have food for them after the season's closed and then, January and February, when things get tough, I want them to be able to stay here and and uh, make this their home range. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that you had mentioned to me, and I, I was actually kind of concerned too. You know, the reason that I ended up being here, obviously, as I had mentioned earlier, with Corey had you know sold us that article, and then we kind of got a little friendship going and he mentioned to me about this place and uh you know the fact that he grew up in this area and would i be interested in coming out and checking out the operation and uh of course i was interested anytime you get an invitation to go whitetail hunting in illinois uh that's a good thing but but uh you know i remember talking to you because i thought oh he's got it's only 300 acres you know some of these outfitters have thousands of acres you know under lease and they advertise themselves as you know we got we got more ground than, you know, uh, you can ever shake a stick at here. And you actually said something that really impressed me, which is basically that something along the lines of, you know, you got to balance the hunting pressure with the resource and that you're not, you're not looking to be, you know, the biggest outfitter in Illinois. You're looking to offer a quality hunting experience to a fairly select number of people, right? That's right. And I don't, I don't want to get more hunters in here than the, the land can support. And I don't want to hurt the, the uh, quality of the hunt. It, I had originally thought that I wouldn't have over four hunters at a time on, on the 300 acres. And it actually might get to be ideal. It might be even smaller than that because if you have 30 uh, stands strategically located around uh, you you have to really pay attention to the wind so you don't mess it up for everybody you know because mm-hmm. you can run the deer out of here if you if you let them all uh, find out that there's people on this place every day sure sure and um, Corey's been kind of a, a guru to you I think from the hunting aspect because you spent 30 years professionally managing forest land and Corey meanwhile was spending 30 years goofing off bow hunting so you guys have kind of had a meeting of the minds Corey what kind of advice you know uh, have you given Bob and uh, you know where do you see this whole operation kind of evolving from a you know just a kind of like you said a honey hole for you to run around to now a place where you're trying to help other people be successful for white tail sure well bob he's a he when he does something he does it wholeheartedly uh puts a lot of effort in it so um and bob was a hunter long before ever i was ever around so he had the knowledge um i've spent a lot of days in the field i have a real passion for it so obviously i'm going to learn about it um so I've actually learned some things from Bob, and, and hopefully I've been able to uh, 
because I have such a passion about it, you know, um, I'm an anal hunter. I, I really pay attention to the wind, um, how we travel, uh, the number of hunters, uh, where we hunt, when we hunt, those things. Um, you know, he, he's it's his land, and uh, he's kind of like a second father to me, and so I kind of just give him whatever I can. I've learned a lot from mistakes over the years. Um, you know, if you would ask me... Uh, 15 years ago or, or more, uh, what stand are you going to hunt? Um, uh, my common response to that nowadays is, well, whichever way the wind's blowing, that's the stand I'm going to hunt. Back then, I would say, oh, I think I'm going to hunt the, you know, the big oak stand because I just liked it and it felt right. Now I know why a stand is right and why it is wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, So collectively, um, I've learned a lot from Bob. Um, and... Uh, just like I said, spend lots of times, a lot of time in the woods, uh, a lot of time in the tree stand. You know, we talked about this today. I said, boy, it would have been nice to sleep in today. Yeah. You know, but you're never going to take a, a quality buck, a nice right. trophy, what we'll call it, mm-hmm. staying in bed. You know. Well, yeah, and another thing, you know, something that we did today, and you know, for anyone who's listening, if you've ever hunted, you know, more than once or twice with an outfitted operation. One of the biggest complaints that I've had over the years is you know that there are so many outfitters who they have stand locations and that's where those tree stands have been for 10, 15, 20 years. They never move their stands. They might put a couple new ones up every yeah. now and then, but they're not moving those stand locations. You guys are actually moving stands on almost a daily basis here based on what you're seeing uh, you know things. And what that, it is this year? I mean, the yeah. crop patterns are different, and the, and there's no standing corn. Maybe it's soybeans in that field instead of corn. Yeah, yeah, the, and you know, throughout the season. I mean, this season here starts October the first. Uh, come November seventh, uh, there's quite a difference in vegetation, um, and the deer change their patterns. You know, in essence, the uh, the restaurant of the 40 acres of crop field out there is no longer open. It's turned to ground, so they're going other places for food. So they're obviously traveling uh, different corridors. So um, yeah, last year they were coming off of the the farm to the east because it was standing corn, and they didn't even take it out the whole season. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year it's bare dirt because they harvested early and they've got it plowed already. Mm-hmm. That changes everything for those stands. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, you know, point is that these guys are doing, you know, what they can to stay current throughout the season from, you know, from not only from year to year, but from week to week within the season. And, uh, you know, the results show, like I said, we've had some exciting hunts this week. And, uh, you know, I know I've seen at least, uh, you know, three deer that are over 140, probably one buck that I caught a glimpse of the other morning, like I said, literally had me jelly-legged. Uh, I'm guessing he was somewhere in the 160s, yeah. and I thought, sure, he was going to come you know, right down that trail. He was chasing that doe, and they disappeared, and I'll never know what happened to him, but I've got a day and a half left to hunt. I hope that I <laughs> Maybe you'll see him tomorrow. can take a river bottom buck home with me uh, in the back of the truck, but even if I don't, I, I've seen you know the the good work that you're putting in here and uh, i've been impressed and i want to thank you for the opportunity bob to come out and uh, see your little slice of paradise here in eastern illinois and uh, it's sure been a pleasure and uh, you know lord willing i'm still gonna loose an arrow here at, at one of these well, i hope you can <laughs> if people are interested bob 
in uh, learning more about River Bottom Bucks and the hunting opportunities that you have. Uh, is there a way that they can uh, maybe get online or something and uh, see some more information and photos and that sort of thing with your operation here? Sure. Uh, they can get on our website. Which is? Riverbottombucks.com. Just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, uh, and you offer uh, archery hunting only here, right? Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And you do typically do hunts for what duration? Well, the season starts uh, in October, the 1st of October, and uh, it gets pretty rough later on, you know, after the, when the cold weather hits in. But we do have some late season hunting, too. But the first uh, three weeks of November are, are the best. And the, the last week of October, they start rutting. Before that, it's it's pre-rut. And you have a chance of, of uh, taking a nice deer then, too, but it, it gets a lot better when they're in full rut. Gotcha. And um, just as far as um, number of hunters, you're looking really to just kind of limit it to maybe a dozen hunters a year, right? That would be ideal. You know, I don't want to get so many hunters that... There's somebody here all the time, and the deer go nocturnal and leave the property. And uh, I'd like to keep it to a small number of hunters and keep the high quality hunt. Well, and uh, I think when I get them, they'll be the same people coming back t- year after year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, like I said, folks, River Bottom Box is a it's a great property. If you get a chance to hunt it, like I've hunted it this week, I think you're going to be impressed. And Bob Blair, his wife Marcia, uh, tremendous people. I've really enjoyed a uh, chance to spend some time with you guys and uh, sit at your table and enjoy some good meals. Uh, that Marcia puts together great uh, dinners every night. Bob's a hell of a breakfast cook. Uh, they've got great accommodations here, and uh, uh, chances are Corey's going to be around too, trying to help you out and uh, get his buck too. You've been hunting for. I think almost a week and a half now, and, and you're looking to get lucky too, right? Well, I came in a little earlier than I normally do. I came in in October here, and uh, I thought, well, I'll get it out of the way. And uh, I've been a little more particular. Um, well, it's just because I know what's out there. Yeah, you've and passed, I, and you've I know, passed up about three or four deer that I would have shot already, Well, you? Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, I, well, yeah, I just know what's out there, you know. And I have a little more time. And I want to hear, give Bob a, a hand, and uh, we, we communicate throughout the year. Um, I talk to him a lot, you know, and like I told, I said, this is like coming home for me. It's, uh, and uh, so I have a great time, and I have, you know, vested interest in this and want to see it successful. And uh, I know it will be successful. I know that, you know, Bob could sell three times as many hunts as he wants to, but he wants to keep the quality high. And, you know, um, the selfish part of me also wants him to keep the it, it high also. You know, I want to be able to ring my son here in years to come and say, you know, this is this is where I learned to hunt whitetail. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would just, I'm really um, still every year I'm very thankful that I get to hunt here at the uh, Blair Farm River Bottom Bucks. Um, and although it's like coming home, it's still just a real pleasure for me to get to hunt this property. Well, there you have it, folks. If you're looking for a quality whitetail hunt in Illinois and you're not uh, sure where to go, get online and check it out, www.riverbottombucks.com. Thanks a lot, guys, for taking some time to 
be on Peterson's Bow Hunting Radio. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the chance to hunt this week. And uh, like I said, hopefully in the next couple of days here, maybe me and Corey can take some trophy photos, huh? Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day. That's what we've been saying. Tomorrow is always the day. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to Peterson's Bow Hunting Radio. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bow Hunting Radio with editor Christian Byrne. For more information on this and other topics, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on newsstands now.